Can you think of someone who is carrying a heavy burden? Anyone you know who is trapped in sin? Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street. And when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. We're continuing with our One Another series with the second part of a message called Carry Each Other's Burdens. Our main idea today is this. We show we care when we bear one another's burdens. We're looking at four relational responsibilities from Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Last week, we considered our first responsibility, which is to restore the broken from verse 1. One paraphrase puts it this way. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. We pick up today with our second relational responsibility. The second relationship responsibility, number two, is to relieve the burden. I'm in verse two. We read this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love of Christ. Interestingly, the phrase one another is one word in the Greek and in the original it comes first in this sentence in order to emphasize it. We're to jointly shoulder each member's burdens. The word bear is a present active imperative indicating we're to keep on bearing. Here's what it means. Take up and hold to remove or lift an overwhelming load. A burden is a heavy weight. It was also used for freight, like a huge boulder weighing someone down as they're staggering under this enormous weight. Now, what might that look like? Well, here's a partial list, and perhaps it'll trigger your mind to think of more, maybe something more personal you're going through that may represent sickness, sudden tragedy, personal loss, a relational rupture, financial difficulty, broken dreams, a failed marriage, family problems, career setbacks, the death of a loved one. It refers to something that someone cannot carry on their own. Over 100 years ago, a pastor used a pen name. Here's his name that he liked to use, Ian McLaren. He made this very astute observation. Be kind. Everyone you meet is carrying a heavy burden. Man, that alone should change our tone when we talk to people would help us look more into their eyes and and try to discern how they're doing and how God might want to use us to help them. I find it significant Paul doesn't tell us what the burden is. He doesn't even tell us where it comes from. It doesn't seem to matter. So instead of judging others, we're to assist them by doing whatever we can for as long as we can. And some of us are like, yeah, I don't mind helping my friends. Ah, We're also told to help those who hate us. Like, really? Well, check this, Exodus 23, 5. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. 
you shall what? Rescue it with him. So in that sense, we are our brother's and sister's keeper. Bearing burdens is an act of love. And when we help the hurting, our text says we're fulfilling the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you what? Love one another. How do I do that? Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another, which would be sacrificial. In other words, when we see people who've been rocked by the reality of life or crushed by the weight of the world, you and I should ask ourselves a very simple question. The answer to that could be very profound. Here's the simple question. What can I do to help bear their burden? Simple question. What can I do to help? Now, in the process, we must make sure we're not putting more burdens on them. Jesus had no tolerance for religious leaders who piled people with problems and weighed them down with endless expectations. Some of his harshest words were directed to these leaders. Here's an example, John eleven forty six, and he said, Woe to you lawyers, also translated as scribes, For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Man, I certainly don't want to be guilty of preaching in such a way that you leave here more burdened than when you came in. Fallen followers need the help of faithful followers. So here's a question. Do you pile people with problems Or do you lovingly seek to lighten their load? We show we care when we bear one another's burdens. And so God knows you and I will not restore the broken, number one, or relieve the burden, number two, if we're too full of ourselves. That leads us to number three, repent of bragging. Listen to verse three. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, He deceives himself. So when you notice your brother or sister suffering, don't be too arrogant to get involved. Now, it's so easy for us to look down on those who are struggling and to say or think something like these phrases. Some of these you probably wouldn't say out loud, but maybe you thought them. They deserve it. Or this. She's so weak. Or he just can't handle the pressure. How about this one? Saw that coming. Or this, maybe they'll listen to me next time. Or I don't want to get involved. Or I'm just glad it's them and not me. Maybe you've said something like this. I would never do something like that. Proverbs 26, 12 says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a, what? A fool than for him. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 gives us this warning. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he, what? Fall. 
So you and I are quick to condemn. We're quick to look the other way and to pass by on the other side. When we lived in Pontiac, a group of guys from our church went to the prison every Sunday afternoon to do a service. There's a supermax prison right in the middle of the town, and on the same grounds is a medium security prison. So the guys from our church went to the medium security unit. One Sunday, I had just arrived, I decided to go along with them. I had two thoughts that day. The first started as I drove up to the prison. I started to get afraid. I mean, when I pulled up on the grounds, they had the guys with mirrors under the car checking for stuff under the car. They opened the trunk. They checked me out. And I, <laughs> I asked the leader who went all the time. I had a tie on. And I said, hey, Paul, should I take my tie off before I go in? And he said, I should. Well, I smiled knowingly, and I remarked. I said, so I shouldn't wear a tie so they can't use it to hang themselves, right? With a straight face, he replied, no, it's so they don't hang you. <laughs> that didn't help my fear. My second thought, I'm embarrassed to admit, but I thought if I admit it, it might be easier for you to admit in your own world. Number one, I was afraid. Number two... As I went in and they searched me, emptied my pockets, I went into the prison with three other guys from our church. Doors started, started shutting behind us. Boom, like you see in movies or TV shows. And we enter into this cinder block room with no windows. There's four of us. And then 20 or so inmates came in the room. And as they were ushered in, I began to feel self-righteous. I remember thinking, I wonder what he did. I wonder what he's in for. I was doing the kind of them and me. I wonder what bad things that they had done. And I started thinking I was better than them. But I wasn't prepared for what happened next. As these 20 prisoners and our team of four stood to sing Amazing Grace, the first verse reverberated off these cinder block walls. Hey, you did a pretty good job singing today, but it was nothing like that. It was so loud. There was so much joyful exuberance. I have never heard such jubilant singing in my life. The only thing that rivals that is when I spent a summer in Zimbabwe, Africa. I mean, they sang their hearts out. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And immediately... I was convicted by the conviction of the convicts and saddened by my own spiritual smugness. And just then, one of the inmates who was standing right next to me turned to me, huge smile on his face. And he took his pointer finger and he pointed to his heart and he said, I'm a new man. 
and I was wrecked. I just fell apart. While my brothers were worshiping, I was broken and began weeping. Because even though they were in prison, they were freer than I was. I was locked up by my pride. I was the older brother who had come face to face with a group of prodigals who had returned to the father. And as they continued to sing loudly from their hearts, I was invited to the party. And that day, God's grace touched me. And I went in and joined the celebration. Brothers and sisters, if we refuse to restore the broken or relieve the burdened, it might be because we think we're better than them. Let me say it like this. If you think you're something special, then you'll find it very easy to condemn. Very easy. But if you know you're nothing apart from God's amazing grace, and except for his grace, there go I, well, then you'll be quick to help the hurting. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 sets us straight. Paul says, what do you have that you did not receive? So don't be deceived. Everything you have has been received. Oh, that breath you just took, a gift from God. Everything is a gift. So if we find it easy to condemn, it might be because we have an inflated view of ourselves. If we were more conscious of our sins, we'd be more forgiving of the weaknesses and failures of others. Listen, let's just admit it. We're not as together as we think we are, and our faltering friend isn't as bad as we think he or she is. You know, one of the many things I love about the ministry of Celebrate Recovery, that's a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program we meet in the gym every Friday night. One of the many things I love about it is how people introduce themselves before telling their story. There are slight variations, but if you were to come, you'd hear something that goes like this. Hi, my name is Joe. I'm an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ who has been saved by God's grace. I have freedom from alcohol, and I'm currently trusting Christ for freedom from PTSD. Friends, the ministry of Celebrate Recovery has a lot to teach us. Because those of us who are in church, we generally don't talk about our sins and our struggles. We keep them hidden where they grow and get expressed in ways that are not healthy. And so let's learn from that. I'm reminded of the phrase, we're only as sick as our secrets. So we show we care when we bear one another's burdens. Restore the broken. Relieve the burden. Repent of bragging. Now there's one more responsibility we have, and that's to respect our boundaries. Well, this is right in verse 5, for each will have to bear his own load. Well, let's compare. Verse 2 refers to an overwhelming burden that someone cannot carry by themselves. Look at verse 5. That's the word load. That describes a soldier's backpack. 
It's something small and light enough for everyone to carry. So say it like this. It's the difference between a backpack and a boulder. So notice, everyone has to carry their own load. We're to help those who are bearing things that are way too heavy for them to handle alone. But we cannot, we must not carry someone else's responsibility. Now, some of you may have the tendency to take on everyone's cares and concerns and you try to fix them. Uh, That might be because of genuine compassion or maybe... There's a little codependency going on where you need to feel needed. Whatever the case, don't carry what is not yours. You were never designed to carry the world on your shoulders. That's Jesus' job. And if you need some help in this area, Celebrate Recovery has a group for you. By the way, the leaders of Celebrate Recovery, that ministry led by Pastor Dan, they're on a retreat this weekend. Now, others of you may struggle in the opposite direction. Maybe you've been burned out. Or maybe you've been burned by someone. And you frankly are done. You just don't care about other people's problems. Listen, we're not expected to carry another person's backpack, but be careful about backing too far away from people who are trying to lift loads they cannot bear Now, as a way to apply what we've learned today, I'm going to ask an application question that corresponds with each of these four responsibilities. Question number one, who do you know who is broken today? Who do you know that's carrying a heavy burden? Put their face in your mind, their name. Because my guess is you know someone. Number two, What one thing can you do? Might be today, might be tomorrow, but certainly should be this week before you forget. What one thing can you do to relieve their burden? Number three, this one isn't so fun, but how is God humbling you right now? I talked to someone after the first service, and he said, I've been waiting, waiting, and waiting, and God's humbling me while I wait. And number four, where do you need to build up your boundaries? Aren't you thankful Jesus is in the restoration business? He doesn't stop loving us when we can't lift our load. He pursues us when we're proud, and he redirects us when we operate without boundaries. We show we care when we bear one another's burdens. A man fell into a pit, and he couldn't get himself out. An empathetic person came along and said, dude, I feel for you down there. A self-righteous person said, only bad people fall into pits. A gossip? Well, a gossip inquired, give me all the details. A self-pitying person noticed the person in the pit and said, you should see my pit. Someone else said, your parents are to blame for your pit. A self-help group said, believe in yourself. 
You can get out of your pit. An optimist said, things could be worse. A pessimist said, there's nothing worse than this. Have you fallen and you don't know how to get up? Have you crossed the line and you're just like flat on your face? Do you want to be free from your burdens? I have some really good news for you. Listen to the words of Jesus found in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wonder, are you tired of laboring to find purpose and meaning in life? Are you finally ready to repent of your sins, those sins that have weighed you down and created distance between you and a holy God? Are you tired of seeking pleasure and satisfaction in relationships, in a career, in possessions? Are you just done with that because none of that satisfies? Jesus offers you rest. He offers you forgiveness from your sins. But you must first come to him in order to be reborn. So if you're weary and burdened, you qualify for Christ to save you. In the place of your burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Surrender to him right now, whether you're engaging on live stream or right here in this room. If you're ready to come to him for salvation right now, would you pray this prayer with me? Close your eyes and you could pray this silently. God, I confess that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. I'm in a hole. I can't get out of it. Not only do I sin, but I'm a sinner. And so right now, I surrender to you. I repent of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place as my substitute. And thank you for rising from the dead on the third day, showing that you have power over sin and Satan and death itself. I believe you did this for me. And now I receive you into my life. I want to be born again. I need you, Jesus, to forgive me for my many sins. Come into my life. Give me the tenacity to follow you as your disciple as you then use me to help carry the burdens of those who are being crushed by their problems and circumstances. Jesus, if there's anything in my life that you don't like, anything that needs to change, have at it. Do it. And it's in your name that I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, 
Would you tell someone you know who is a follower of Christ or send us an email at info at edgewoodbaptist.net? We'll get you some materials which will help ground you in your faith. Thanks for joining us for On Mission. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, go to edgewoodbaptist.net or download our free mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play by searching for Edgewood QC. If you don't have a church family, we'd love to have you as a guest at one of Edgewood's three weekend services, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 1045. We have a full children's program during both Sunday services. My name is Matt Williams and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island, Illinois.